Hey guys, what's going on? This is your boy Christian Israel, and you are tuning in to the New Creation Capital Podcast. Today is April 12th. Happy Easter, everybody. He has risen. He has risen. Of course, this is not like the normal Sundays, or actually normal every day. On Sundays, we do the Sunday scriptures, and today just happens to be the most amazing day ever. Um, mainly, it's in remembrance of the biggest sacrifice and the biggest miracle and the biggest work of faith and grace in the history of mankind. That is the resurrection of Jesus. That is today. The tomb is empty. The stone is rolled away and we are fired up and ready to go. Um, We normally hear on Sunday on Easter sermons about the resurrection and what he went through, but I want to share something different with you today. I'm going to read you uh, a few scriptures, but we're going to go through it. We're going to start in Romans 8, and I want to talk to you about life through the Spirit. And I'm going to read the scripture and kind of break it down, and I hope that you are having a wonderful day. And in this moment, I invite the Holy Spirit not only into the presence of this podcast, but into the presence of you and your household and to those you are listening with. You are now tuned in, and we thank you, Holy Spirit, Lord, for being with us. We thank you, Jesus Christ, for being within this moment. Abba, Father, the Trinity is with us in this moment. And we praise him, and we give him all the praise and the thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's jump in. Verse 1 says, Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Jesus Christ, the Spirit who gives the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Now I think it's important to understand what condemnation is. Condemnation is a legal term that includes both the sentence and the execution of the sentence. So here when Paul writes, therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Therefore, you cannot be sentenced and you are no longer guilty. Christ has set you free through his spirit, which is so amazing. And it goes on to say, for what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son into the likeliness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. So the point of Jesus is coming 2000 years ago is that the love of God sent Jesus to us to be a sin offering, to be the slain lamb, to be the offering for our guilty sins, for the sins of humanity, for the fall of Adam, the fall of mankind, for what we are as humans who are a fallen race in a fallen world. For what the law was powerless, the law under Moses, the 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 Mosaic law by trying to do righteous works and through works, what could not be saved? Only Jesus Christ can save us. So God sent his only son in the likeness of a sinful flesh, in the likeness of a sinful flesh, that's us as humans, as a sin offering. And so he condemns sin in the flesh in order that righteousness require, in order that the righteousness requirement of the law might fully be met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Now, instead of living by the flesh, that's with what our eyes see, that's the things that we do that is of this earth, we need to live by the spirit, the spirit of the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ and Abba Father. If we live in that spirit, there is no condemnation because Christ was sent for us in place of us 
so that we may have a, a way to God to be with the holies of holies. So therefore, there's nothing that we can do on our own without accepting Christ. And I think that's understand because it continues to say here in verse 5, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. Whew. You live according to the flesh, your eyes, what you see, what you taste, what you hear. You live by those desires. Money, fame, power, pornography, dating, um, big houses, food, more food, gluttony food. Not just eating daily, but the overabundance of food, hoarding, toilet paper these days, right? Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on the flesh desires, the flesh desires, the desires of the flesh, what makes me feel good. Not what is good for me, but what makes me feel good. You hear so many people today talking about, oh, I have a thousand likes on Instagram. That feels good. Oh, if people don't like my post on Facebook, it doesn't make me feel good. Oh, man, when I, I, I love this and I love that. The word love is thrown around so much because it makes people feel good. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. What is your spirit desire? My spirit, I'd like to... So, so the scripture says, for those who abide in Christ, he abides in us. And Jesus Christ, you know, left us with the Spirit in the, in, in, in the Pentecost. So if the Spirit is in us and Christ is in us, then we should have the desires that he puts on our hearts. All the, His desires are more and better than our desires. I mean, the best way to put it, right? Because if we as a fallen go by what we see, not what Christ puts in us, then we are of the fallen. We are not using the spirit that he gives us. So when it says, but those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. And the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. So do you live by spirit or do you live by the flesh? Because if you live by the flesh, as Paul writes, then you are moving with death. Why? Because when we live by flesh, we live by sin. And what are the wages of sin? The wages of sin are death. When we live in sin, we are living in death. But when we live by the Spirit, it is life and it is peace. The mind is governed by the flesh. And if we are governed by the flesh, our flesh is hostile to God. Our flesh does not want to do the things God wants us to do. Our flesh wants to do what makes us feel good. We're not living life through the Spirit. We're living life through what we think. We create our own gods, our own idols, and the things that we think makes us feel good. How many people are living in this world based on what things make them feel good, but they go home to an empty house and they feel empty, they feel cursed, and so they have to feel it with a different desire. Drugs, alcohol, women, boyfriends, money, lust, whatever it may be. Googling YouTube all the time, conspiracy theories, whatever it may be, what makes them feel good through hatred, through bullying, or the overabundance of wanting to be loved by something else that doesn't even love themselves. The mind is governed by the flesh, is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Your flesh cannot, on its own, submit to God's law of Love the Lord with all your heart above everything, your mind, your soul, your spirit, 
Love him above all else. Do not create other gods. Do not create other idols. That is the law of God. Our flesh cannot do that on our own. We, as Moses said, are a stiff-necked people. As he came down from Mount Sinai, he says, we are stiff-necked people. Aaron, his brother, created a molten god, a calf, for them to worship after 40 days. Because where are you, God? Even though you just provided all this stuff in the wilderness and you did it all, my flesh says, I need to see God working all the time because my spirit cannot feel him because my flesh is overtaken because I am living by the law of flesh, which is death. And the wages of sin are death. Therefore, who are in the realm of flesh cannot please God. You, you, it says here. However, you that do not walk in flesh, but walk in the spirit. However, are not in the realm of flesh, but in the realm of the spirit. If, if indeed the spirit of God lives in you. That's the if now. You can say the spirit of God lives in you. But if God does not live in you, if the spirit of God does not live in you, then you are walking in sin. But if, but if, indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, then you are in the realm of the Spirit. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. I believe the Holy Spirit gives you discernment. So when you are interacting with someone who does not have the Spirit of Christ, your body feels it. Your body tells you. Your spirit tells you. The Lord tells you. He gives you the discernment. You know. The body of Christ is together. The body of Christ is one. The body of Christ cannot operate without its hand, its foot, its eyes, its tongue. Christ is the head of the church, the head of the body. We are the bride. We need to operate together. And if someone is not operating in the spirit of Christ, we will know this. But if Christ is in you, that even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives you life because of righteousness. Your body is going to be dead, right? Because that's who we are. We, as a human race, again, are just a fallen race. But that's why Jesus came. That's why this day is so important. His resurrection gave us life. It gave us another chance to be with the Lord if we accept his gift. I think it's so important to understand that if you are in Christ, even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. Again, Easter Sunday, the resurrection is all about Jesus being raised. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, who raised Jesus from the dead, he who raised Jesus from the dead. He who raised Jesus from the dead. The spirit of whom raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. He who raised Jesus from the dead will also give life to you, to your mortal bodies, because of his spirit who lives in you. So if he raised Jesus, his spirit raised Jesus, he will also raise your spirit, because now Christ Jesus lives with you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. We have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to. For if you live according to your flesh, you will die because of sins. The wages of sin is death by living to your flesh. Your flesh is sin and your sin is death. But if you live by the Spirit, you will put 
to death the misdeeds of the body and you will live. Now, I'm not saying, nor will anyone say that once you are in Christ Jesus, you will walk a perfect walk. You will live a perfect life. No. This is what grace abounds. Because the spirit of life God is in you, you will now, what I consider, I received a conscience. Before I gave my life to God, I believe I had no real conscience. I walked around the world doing what I felt was good, saying what I felt was good. And if anything felt good that day, I did it. If I wanted women, uh, some any kind of uh, toxic relationship or toxic entity to put into my body, I would do because that's what felt good. I was trying to fill a hole that could not be felt by, filled by anything but the Spirit of God, but by the love of God, but by the sacrifice of Christ Jesus, by Yeshua. Here, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you are put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. If you were led by God, you are a child of Christ. You are a co-heir to Christ. Now on this day, I think it's important to understand Christ was risen from the empty tomb, but on Friday, he was sacrificed on the crucifixion. Okay, the Roman sentence of crucifixion, which is important to understand, in, in, in the Old Testament, we hear that Christ is cursed by a tree, cursed on a tree. A tree, which is the, the, the crucifixion, right? It is built out of wood. But the Roman sense of a crucifixion is important because it leads insight to the nature of how we must put to death our, our flesh, our sins. We are supposed to carry our cross with us. A crucifixion was personal. A crucifixion focus focuses on an individual. Just like we must put to death the deeds of our own flesh by walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. Individually, you have to do it, but you have the power. Crucifixion that was painful. You fool. I fool. You fool. We fool ourselves if we think the habits and desires of the flesh die without a struggle. If you think I'm going to give my life to the Lord and tomorrow I'm going to wake up and everything is going to be perfect, it is wrong. You are being fooled. The devil is a lie. It does not go away overnight. It is a struggle because now you understand that you are living in sin. Now you understand Jesus' sacrifice. You think Jesus got on that cross saying, oh, this is going to be easy? No, the night before when he was praying in Gethsemane, he sweated blood. Lord, if I have to, do I have to do this, Lord? Is there any other way for me to do this, Lord? Do I have to drink this cup of suffering? No. He said, Lord, I don't want to do it, but may your will be done. He still walked in obedience, though he knew it would be painful, he knew it would be suffering, he knew that he would have something stabbed in his side, he knew he would be whipped, he knew he would have people spitting in his faces, he knew that a crown of thorns would be on his head, he knew that he would have nails put through his wrists and nails through his feet and hung on the cross and drinking sour vinegar and sour wine. He knew that he would take on the sins of the world. He knew that at one moment when he felt the weight of the sin that he would say, Lord, why have you forsaken me? He did not want to go through that because he was still sent to us. He who was sent to us as God was sent to us as a human. So he knows what it felt for to be sleepy, to be tired, to be hungry, to be painful. The crucifixion was painful. There was no turning back once you were on the cross. Once Jesus was on that cross, there was no turning back. 
Victims of the crucifixion were not removed from the cross until they were dead. Until they were dead. Until that Roman soldier pierced his side and blood and water came out. But the scripture was fulfilled when it says his side will be pierced but no bones will be broken. None. But as Christ died on that on that cross, his spirit was released. The scripture says, The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with the spirit that we are God's children. Amen. We cry, Abba, Father. The Abba, Father. The Father of the of us. The ultimate Father. There is no other way to describe Father besides Abba. We yearn for him. We yearn for Jesus as he yearns for us. God is love. That's why he went on the cross because he yearns for us. Oh, Lord, you are so good that you yearn for us. He has called me. He has called you. He has been calling me and calling me no matter how much I walked away. That the Spirit himself testifies with the Spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs then we are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. And indeed, if we are co-heirs of Christ, if we are co-heirs with Christ, then we are sharing in his sufferings. And since we share in his sufferings, that means we share in his glory. Since our sins have died on that cross, that means we share in the glory who Christ now sits at the right hand of God when he released us the Holy Spirit and his sacrifice went through and his resurrection went through on this Sunday morning when Mary went to the tomb and the two angels said, who do you look for? He is not here. He has risen. Through his sufferings, we have risen. Through his sufferings, we may get glory. How great is How great is that? We have a hope. We have a hope. Because if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? If God said his only son, who who is his own spirit to die for us for us then what makes you think that he didn't give us enough love and faith and and power to walk through these deadly times that we live in today the scripture also says and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. If you love God and you do things that you are called to according to his purpose, not your purpose, not my purpose, his purpose, hmm, it will work out for you. It will work out for you. Now, the scripture also says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And I think this is important to understand because no one, no one is righteous on their own. You, you're only righteous with God. 
And we are righteous because of grace, because of what he did for us by getting rid of the law and giving us a new covenant, the covenant of grace, the covenant where Jesus came and he walked the earth for, well, he walked the earth for 33 years, but during the three years of his ministry, he told us, he walked us through. And then he did the most important thing that I am gracious for, that I am so thankful for, is that he took my sin. That no matter how bad of a life I have lived, no matter how much sin I have committed in my life, the Lord has forgiven me through grace. Because all I have sinned and all have fallen short of the glory of God. As I've stated, the wages of sin is death. When when Adam and Eve bit that, when Eve bit that the, the, the from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, Satan said, Will you really die? God said, if you do that, you will die. But he's not saying you did a physical death. Yes, a physical death, but the death as in separation from God, the ultimate death, the wages of sin is death, the separation of God. But God gave us a chance to be back with him because the spirit lives in us. If we accept that gift that God given us, we're able to be reunited with Christ. Romans 5.8 says we are justified by faith in Christ because God is love. But, but, how, how then can they call on the one that they don't believe in? If you don't believe in Christ and you think it's all just a religious humbum, how can you call on him? How can you call on him if you don't believe? And how can one believe in whom they have not heard? So if I don't tell you about Christ, how can you believe in him if you think he's some haja baja boobie right? Just something that you just don't think exists. So how can you call on someone you don't believe in? And how can you believe in someone you don't call in? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? The Sunday scriptures is about me telling you about the good news. And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? All things work for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. And I believe my purpose in this moment is to preach to you, is to tell you I am sent because how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. I bring you good news. The good news is that you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved for it is with your heart that you believe and that you are justified. It is with your mouth that you profess your faith and you are saved. For the scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. No one can do this for you. I cannot do it for you. Your mom can't do it for you. Your husband can't do it for you. Your dad, your brother, your sister, you cannot go. A Catholic priest can't do it for you. Uh, a, a pastor can't do it. A Pentecostal priest. No one can do this for you. You have to declare with your mouth. You have to declare in your heart. You have to believe in your heart, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you profess your faith and you are saved. And if you do it, you do it. Anyone who does it, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. Because if you call on the Lord in this moment, in this time, you will be saved. 
you will be saved. It is by grace you have been saved. But because of his great love for us, he sent his son to die on that cross, to take our sacrifice, to be the ultimate lamb for us. God, who was rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions, dead in our tracks. We do not deserve it. There is nothing we have done to deserve this. It is by grace that we have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show us the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. It is not by what you have done, it is by grace. It is not what I have done, it is by grace. It is not what anyone but Christ Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit have done that we are saved. It is a free gift from God. So you or I or anyone cannot boast. But I ask you, have you accepted that gift? I did on that lonely night. January 14th, 2016. I accepted, well, I opened the word for the first time, but on January 20th of 2016, I accepted that free gift. And there's nothing I can do. I was dead in my sin. I was dead in my transgressions. I was empty in an empty room, in an empty world, and I needed to be filled. In this moment, do you feel empty? Do you feel something missing in this moment? Do you understand the, the gravity of this day? He is risen. He defeated death. That cross couldn't kill him. That Roman soldier couldn't kill him. Those Sadducees and those Pharisees could not kill him. We wanted Barnabas, but God gave us Jesus. We wanted lust, but God gave us grace. We wanted riches, and God gave us the gift of all gifts. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Anyone who, who believes in him will never be put to shame. Never. Never be put to shame. Your sin is gone. It is full of grace and love now. So in this moment, I ask you, have you accepted that gift from God? Have you accepted his love and his grace and his mercy? If you haven't, or if you need to rededicate your life on this amazing Sunday, God, you are so good. Please accept this rededication of the person on the other side of the speakers. Lord, if this person on the other side of the speakers hears you speaking to them right now, Lord, I ask that they bow their head. Please bow your head with me and say these words if you're ready to confess. You say, Lord, 
Repeat after me. Lord, I am a sinner. Lord, your grace is enough for me. Lord, I believe that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for me, to cleanse me of my sin. Then you raised him for the dead to defeat death and sin for me. Lord, you say that if I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you raised Christ Jesus from the dead, that I will be saved. Lord, I believe. Lord, I ask that you come into my heart. Lord, I ask that you come into my life. Lord, I ask that you take away my sin. Lord, I ask that you take away my shame and save me. I love you, Lord. I thank you for coming into my life. I am now a new creation in Christ Jesus. I give you all the praise. I give you all the glory. In your son's beautiful and glorious and lovely name, we pray these things. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you prayed that prayer right now, please let me know. Hit us up on our Twitter, New Creation Cap. You can write us on YouTube. You can write us on our Anchor podcast where you can partner with us. I want to hear about you. This Sunday, Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday is about a new creation. You are now a new creation. Congratulations. I am happy to walk this walk with you. If you don't have a Bible, reach out to me. I will make sure you get a Bible. Start with reading first or start with reading the book of John. It is great. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was God. And then the Word became flesh. That flesh is Christ Jesus. He walked on this earth with us, and how great and lovely is that. If you walked on this road with us today, thank you so much. God is so good, and I just thank you. I pray for all of you in this moment that... If you did not choose to receive Christ Jesus, that you listen to this again or that you eventually give God a chance. He is so patient with us and that sin and that shame will be wiped away. Thank you for everybody who supports the channel and listens to the channel. But most of all, thank you to the Lord, my Lord, Christ Jesus and Savior and my Abba Father and the Holy Spirit for being a part of this podcast in my life. Guys, I know it's a scary time out there, but perfect love casts out fear. And God is perfect love. I hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful day. And I can't wait till next time, guys. I love you all very much. May you go in peace. Until next time, guys. Peace and love. Pray all these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lord turn his face toward you and keep.
Children, and their children, and their children, may His presence go before. 
Rejoice, he is for, he is for, may the faith. 